0: should know right off the bat i've had four cups of coffee i'm a little nervous did i mention my name's chatty yeah oh this is a creative church podcast and well you should know that uh i cry in corners true story What's up, fam? Welcome to episode 17 of I Cry in Corners. If you're a regular on this journey, then welcome back. I'm happy I haven't offended you yet. (laughs) If you're new, uh, then I just want to say welcome to the jungle. This is going to be fun. We're currently going down the list of the top 10 people and things you need in your corner. Also, Real quick side note, can I just say a quick hello to everyone that has approached me personally, messaged me, left a review from the United States to Paris to Brazil? Um, I have been completely shook and beyond words blessed by your super kind messages and thoughts and um to be quite honest with you, I never expected this to be so successful. I was just trying to be obedient to Jesus. Um, sometimes I tend to step into things, not knowing as we all do what the outcome is going to be. And I've just been very, very um, overwhelmed by how great the outcome has been. So, um, thank you so much for everyone that's approached me about the podcast, how it's helped them. Sometimes I wonder, is it even helping people? So that's the goal. The goal is to impact people, to love Jesus and to make Jesus famous and, um, I'm just thankful that that's what's happening. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone's prayers and encouragement. It's appreciated. And I'm just thankful. So I just wanted to say hello to all of you who have come up to me. Okay, here we go. We are back in the podcast. I've been gone for a few weeks. Uh, Thank you for the time off, guys. I appreciate it. Um, But we are back into season two. And here's a mini recap of season two since I've been gone and because I feel like we all need a refresher course. I kicked off season one with the main thing. No, wait. Season two with the main thing. Uh, If you haven't listened to season one, you should because it's, like, amazing. Anyways, season two, we talked about all the people you need in your corner. And the number one person you need in your corner is... Jesus. Because Jesus wasn't about converting people, y'all. He was about loving people. Yep, love leads people to the Father, not our belief systems. So if you're one of those people that's like, you know, I just I just really got to, you know, give them the Bible and just, you know, the gospel and I'll just hand out tracts on Halloween. No, 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 no. You just love people. Jesus just loved people. And he was so much about loving people that it impacted people to change. And that's what impacts people to change, not belief. Um, love. Love. Anyways, number two, we talked about the number two thing you need in your uh, circle, square, corner, all those things. You need a community, guys. Jesus wasn't about gathering the best. He was about gathering the broken. Jesus wasn't about gathering the best. He was about gathering the broken. So your squad should be made um, up of diverse people who you can truly love on and people who love you. And it's not just an entourage, but they're people that are moving forward um, and impacting the kingdom for his good. Um, I love that Jesus would pull in diverse people, people that weren't like him. You know, the great thing about Jesus is that he was he was so countercultural that it actually drew people in, but it wasn't in a way that pushed people away because it was um, rooted in the number three thing you need in your corner, which is love. And, you know, in that episode, we talked about uh, what would it look like if you loved everyone like you love your bestie? pretty much we talked about what we always talk about, which is world domination. Just kidding. <laughs> we talked about love because love is the goal. You need Jesus. You need a diverse community. And my friend, you need to be filtered in love. And then the next one, number four, we talked about ride or dies, which are in my book, covenant people and core values. Yeah. The people that know you are the covenant people like really know you. Like they just look at your face like, um, and they just know what you're thinking type of people, covenant people, people that are just always in it to win it. And then the people that are safe. And, um, so I put the people that love you and know you and the people that are safe and the things, well, the reason why I say people that are safe, because people that are safe have the same kind of core values as you. It's like, you never have to worry about whether or not they're going to like, um, completely flip the script on how they live because you, they live like you, because you guys have similar core values and core values are what guide you. They're like compasses. These are those things that help you and that hold you up. So ride or dies. And then the next one I talked about, uh, haters. That was my favorite episode. I don't know if anybody else liked that one. Uh, The reason I like talking about haters is because it's not a thing. I like talking about things that are not a thing. Hashtag shameless plug for uh, season three. Anyways, uh, what would life look like if we stopped focusing our energy on broken people and started focusing our energy on a perfect God? Haters aren't a thing. The enemy is. Uh, So let's focus on uh, Jesus so that your peace doesn't get robbed by nonsense and brokenness. So really I talked about coveted people and core values were number four and number five was peace. Because everyone keeps focusing on haters when really if you just had peace in your corner, it wouldn't matter what broken people said or what broken people did because you have peace. Don't let people take your peace, guys. Peace is a person. It's not a feeling. Okay, moving on. Episode 16, I talked about lighthouses. The number six thing you need in your circle, corner, all that stuff, is uh, perspective. God's faithfulness has nothing to do with your outward circumstance and everything to do with your inward perspective. Perspective is everything, 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 so don't lose it. Okay, so you need Jesus, community, love, covenant people, core values, peace, and perspective. So those are the first six things. Today we are diving into our seventh person or persons you need in your corner or thing you need in your corner, and um, I like to call this, or these, this whole thing that you need in your corner, giants. Yeah, not like real giants, I mean like metaphorical giants that seem too big for you to handle, and that at times you don't feel qualified to defeat. Yeah, these giants are the adversities we face that uh, cause us to focus on God's goodness, because it's in God's goodness, during the adversity, that he grows us and builds our character. Yes, yes, I just told you that you need adversity as number seven. Um, that's because some of you guys are like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really need that. Cool, cool. I'll, I'll take the other six, but the other one, this one's not so much. Look, in my own personal journey and in my world, I only usually perceive adversity as two things. So if you can perceive adversity as these two things, because this is always what they are, um, it'll help you and you'll understand why you need them. The first thing is um, you need a giant that breeds fear and a giant that cultivates love. There's two types of giants, a giant that breeds fear and a giant that cultivates love. And the reason why I say you need these two things, because one of them's going to grow you and the other one's going to push you forward. And, and usually it's the same giant. It's just your perspective of how you see them. So um, it's, 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 it all depends on perspective. Um, I will either be overcome by fear or move to show love when I encounter adversity. And um, when I find that I am overcome by fear, um, usually God comes in and he shows me that he's bigger than it. And when I'm overcome by love, it gives me an opportunity to make him famous. But I'm getting ahead of myself. There's a stormy stormy. Oh my God. There's a story in Jeremiah 24 that I always fall back on when I'm encountering adversity. And my hope today is to inspire you to see adversity as something that has the power to uh, bring you safety, the power to redeem things you've maybe lost along the way to grow you in ways you can't even see yet. And lastly, build your identity. Yep, adversity can do all of that. Um, these giants that sometimes make you scared or these giants that push you to love, they actually can do these things. And if you've found yourself face-to-face with a giant today and you don't feel safe, redeemed, growing, or secure in uh, who you are, then this podcast is for you. But let me give you a little context before I get ahead of myself because, you know, I tend to do that. Okay, context. Israel has already been crushed by the Assyrians. Ten tribes of Israel have been exiled, and all that is left is the kingdom of Judah. That's where we find ourselves in this story. Judah is now being conquered by Babylon, and Jerusalem, the capital, and the first temple are being completely destroyed. Most Jews have now been exiled. That's where we find Jeremiah, my favorite crying prophet, hearing from God. In the middle of being conquered, in the middle of the temple being destroyed, in the middle of people being completely displaced. I'm going to say that again. This is where we find Jeremiah the prophet, and he's hearing from God. And he's hearing from God in the middle of giants, in the middle of being conquered, in the middle of a temple being destroyed, in the middle of his people being completely displaced. I feel right now very strongly that there is someone out there that feels like they're in the middle of being conquered, in the middle of things that they love, being completely destroyed, and in the middle of their life being displaced. God can speak to you there. God is trying to speak to you there. And I'm telling you, God has a plan for your life. We find ourselves in Jeremiah 24, and he says, The day came when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took um, the king of Judah into exile, along with the princes of Judah and the artisans and skilled laborers from Jerusalem. He didn't just take the the noble people. He took all the workers. He took all the creatives. And sometime after that, they arrived in Babylon, and the Eternal showed Jeremiah a vision. He says, I looked and I saw two baskets of figs placed in front of his temple. One basket was filled with very good figs, freshly ripened, while the other was filled with very bad figs, too rotten to eat. In a 597b, just so that you guys have context, I love context in history, so I'm just going to keep giving it to you. Uh, the king Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he took the king of Judah, he deported him along with his kings. And while the loss was real powerful and talented men, um, like literally they took all the talented men, the prevailing thought of those who remained in Jerusalem is that they have indeed avoided God's judgment while those in exile were being punished. So everyone who was left in Judah were like, yeah, those people in exile now, those people... They've been punished. And uh, the short-sighted perspective is corrected by the vision given to Jeremiah, which is what I'm about to tell you. So we find uh, Jeremiah, he hears from God, and uh, the God says, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah says, figs, both good and bad. The good ones are good, but the bad ones are super rotten and you can't eat them. At this word, the Eternal came to me and he said, The good figs are those who have been taken into exile. I'm going to read that again. The good figs are the ones that have actually been taken into exile from Judah and the ones that have been sent to Chaldea. And even though they are in captivity, I will watch over them. I will look out for their good. And one day I will bring them home and I will rebuild them and not tear them down. I will plant them anew and I will not uproot them. I will give them a new intense desire to know me because I am the eternal one. And they will be my people and I will be their God because they will return to me completely." anyone else read stuff in the Bible and have questions? I do. This is one of those stories that I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you just say that the good things were the people that were actually taken into this captivity? So here's Jeremiah, the prophet, and God begins to download to him uh, what he's going to do with all these people that he loves, with the pe- like his, his people. And he says, the good ones are the ones who have been taken into exile. So if you find yourself facing a giant, if you find yourself feeling like everything has been destroyed, things are going wrong, I just want to encourage you today. If you find yourself feeling ransacked and displaced, uh, like the things you love um, have been given away uh, and you don't deserve it, I just want you to know you're in the best fight of your life chadi what are you talking about i'm I'm telling you i've been in these situations where i feel like oh my god everything is displaced oh my god i feel like my life has been ransacked and thrown upside down and now that i'm on the other end of it i can tell you that it's the best fight of your life that god is going to show himself faithful and yep that means that you're a good fig wow And you need these type of fights in your life to bring you to the realization that the most adverse circumstances that cause you to feel like you've been forced into some kind of crazy exile actually has the ability to bring you a couple things. And so I'm going to break it down exactly how I feel like God gave it to me. The first thing is safety. Yeah, you can find safety in a fight with a giant. It says, even though they are in captivity, I will watch over them. I don't know about you guys, but I I was in a lot of fights in high school. I don't know. Super shocking, right? Anyway, so the, the, the last thing you want to do is get into a fight and know that no one has your back. And I can tell you that the greatest feeling in the world is to know that no matter what fight I get into in my life, not, not real life fights, but you know, metaphorical, spiritual fights, that God has my back. So there's safety in this giant fight that you're in. Second, redemption. Um, he says, I will look out for their good and one day I will bring them home. And then I will rebuild them and not tear them down. There's something about being in a fight, knowing no matter whether you lose or whether you're overcome with fear or whether you're overcome with love, that no matter what, God's going to redeem it in the end. And then the third one is growth. He says, I will plant them anew and not uproot them. There's something about being in a fight, knowing that you're going to be completely safe, redeemed, and that God in some some way is going to grow you. And then the fourth one is identity. So, these are the things that God brings out in giant fights safety, redemption, growth, and identity. It says, I will give them a new intense desire for me because I am the eternal one. They will be my people, my people, and I will be their God because they will return to me completely, as our identities are found in whose we are and not who we are. The enemy loves to bring up the facts in your giant circumstances, by the way, not the truth. He tries to bring up the facts. The facts are like you might not be qualified for the fight, or you might not feel equipped for the fight, or you might not you might feel super alone in the fight, or nobody has your back in the fight, or uh, you may feel like you're losing in the end. But the truth is, the truth is, safety. Psalms 91, he who takes refuge in the shelter of the Most High will be safe in the shadow of the Almighty. I think sometimes in these moments where I'm in these fights and I'm in these, God, what are you going to do? God, I don't see an end game. God, I'm completely overwhelmed with Goliath-styled fear and I don't know what's going on. I go to the truth of God's word. Because the truth of God's word outplays the facts of the world. And in the word of God, it says that I am safe. Psalms 91. It says that I'm redeemed. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things work together for good to those that love God and called according to his purpose. That at the end of the day, all things work together for good. Because in the good is, is saying yes to God. It's saying, God, no matter what, I believe in you. I believe that you are sovereign. And sometimes, guys, when you're facing giants, you've got to go to the truth of God's word and not look at the facts because the facts can be overwhelming in moments where i'm completely overwhelmed and i'm facing a giant i have to remind myself that no matter what i'm gonna grow in it psalms 1 3 says you're like a tree planted by flowing cool streams of water that you never run dry your fruit ripens in its time your leaves never fade or curl in the summer no matter what you do you prosper sometimes when you're facing a giant and things super suck um The reality is, is people are like, well, I'm not really growing here. And the reality is, is sometimes your roots are growing and though you might not be growing and and you don't see the fruit of it, your roots are what's actually growing down deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And sometimes you don't see the growth and sometimes you don't see the fruit and you become overwhelmed. But I promise you, you're growing. I'm going to give a real quick example of something of this personally in my life. Also, I'm going to share about this real quick. Don't send me any weird texts. I don't need any um, advice on this. I'm pretty, I'm pretty set. I'm going to get a weird email. I just, a hundred dollars, it's going to happen. So um, I've talked a little bit about infertility and my husband and I have been dealing with that for, for a while and you know, I had somebody come sit with me a couple days ago that were just like, you know, are you guys going to adopt? You know, you're 37 now. What do you guys think? Or you're going to go start doing in vitro and all those things. And I'll be honest with you. Like I don't look at, I don't look at my life and think I'm barren. I don't look at my life and say, Oh my God, I'm infertile. I'm battling infertility. I don't because God said, go out and be fruitful and multiply. And Just because I have not been able to do that in the flesh does not mean that I'm not doing that in the spiritual. And some of you are facing giants, and the facts are telling you that you're barren. The facts are telling you that you're divorced. The facts are telling you that you're broken and you're a victim. The facts are telling you all these things that are wrong, but the truth is God is speaking the truth over you, that you're beautiful, that you're more than a conqueror, that your head, you're not the tail. All those things of God's word are what's actually true. So when I'm facing the giants of my life, and when I've been facing this infertility giant, I don't look at that giant and say, oh my God, this, one, this one's going to get me. I look at this giant and say, you know, my fruit might look like oranges and your fruit might look like apples, but I'm still bearing fruit. Because in the Bible, it says that I will prosper. And no matter what I do, I will prosper. So I don't know what, what little thing is for you that maybe you're, you feel like your life's not growing, um, but it is. In the creative sphere, I think of creatives all the time where it's like, you know, I just, I need to create, I need to create, like, you just need, you just need to be obedient, you just need to be focused on God, you might be facing a giant in your job, a giant in a situation, and you just need to know that God's growing your roots, he's not growing your fruit, and roots are what sustain you in a storm, not fruit. So if you're facing a giant right now and you're feeling like you've lost your safety, that you're not feeling redeemed and you're not growing, I want you to focus on your roots and stop focusing on your fruit. Start focusing on the truth of God's word and not the facts of what the enemy's trying to throw your way. Because the truth, the truth, the truth is that your identity is built in seasons like this. Romans 8, 37 says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And that's the truth. The truth is, no matter what giant, no matter what adversity is in your corner, because you will always have some kind of adversity in your corner, that there's safety, redemption, growth, and identity found in the midst of this. And that's what I wanted to encourage you into today. Because the reality is that God has a plan for your life, and that plan is currently being incubated in a world that is broken. It is currently being incubated in a world that... um. Hmm. in a world that where bad things happen to good people. You know, in that story, David and Goliath, David perceived that giant through a filter of love, and the, and, and the people of Israel filtered that giant, uh, saw that giant with a filter of fear. And fear will make you run the other way, but love will make you run towards it and pick up your stones and believe that no matter what, you're safe, you're redeemed, you're growing, and your identity is set and placed and Your Creator, so I need you to remember these verses: Psalms ninety-one, Romans eight twenty-eight, Psalms one three, and Romans eight thirty-seven. In moments where you feel like no matter what you're falling or you're failing, I want you to remember those verses because the truth is what you need to be focused on when giant circumstances make you feel alone and exiled and make you feel like you've lost your hope. So you got to get rooted in the truth. God is a covenant God. He doesn't have commitment issues, and he sometimes he uses these types of giants to draw us back to him. Remember when he said, "I'm their God, and they will be my people," to remind us our safety is in Him, to show us that only He can redeem loss, and only He can make our lives kingdom fruitful. And whose we are is way more important than anything else we can chase or attain in this temporal life. Okay. So get acquainted with the truth of God's word and bypass the facts the enemy is trying to throw your way Giants will grow you But you just have to have eyes to see that you are a good fig in the story and God is in the business of growing you So yeah, keep your head up Go slay some giants Share about the podcast (laughs) Leave a review And um, just remember that God is in your corner and he's got your back And um, adversity is actually something you need I know It's not really what you thought you would hear today. You were hoping for like a fun, super like haters podcast, but no, I'm coming off the top rope because I've been gone for a few weeks. So, anyways, I love you guys. I just know that God has a plan for you, and I just don't want you to sit by the wayside worried that adversity's got you when really God's got you. And um, you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. So, have an amazing week. You are loved. Yep. I love you, weirdos.